Hello, welcome back to Center Ed Teaching. Um, just want to remind everyone to like, subscribe, and review our podcast so um, we can be important in the world. Um, today, we actually have professional development going on at Teachers College called In Practice. And as we're reflecting on professional development at the close of the end of the year, instead of a professional development association talking about it, we wanted to bring in some teachers who really have important ideas about what professional development is and isn't. Um, so instead of introducing everyone around the table, I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves, uh, starting to my left. Hello, my name is Dina Garcia. Hi, I'm Lillian. Hi, I'm Winter. Hi, I'm Nicole. All right, and so just to clarify, we have three teachers in the room and one school counselor who has a different view um, and different experiences that are going to be really helpful for this conversation. So at the beginning, we want to talk about first, like, whether or not teachers need professional development, why they need it, what professional development has been and hasn't been, and then kind of conclude our conversation with what it can be going forward. So I'm going to throw this, con or this question out to everyone at the table, whoever feels inspired to answer, please do so. Um, is professional development important for teachers? If so, why? If not, why not? Professional development is important for teachers. Teachers are supposed to be learners, and you will never arrive as a teacher. You will, there are always new things you can learn, new ways to teach um, things you already know um, and just listening to different perspectives and being able to collaborate with your colleagues in a, you know, in that way in a professional setting I think in a professional development setting I think is important to help you to perfect your craft yeah I think you said kind of two things there one the professional development of the individual but two then the collaboration with the team which I think that second one is something that's really often missed um, any other thoughts about why professional development is or is not good for teachers I think it keeps you on your toes. Um, you hear someone else's perspective on what you're doing, and you're able to adapt it. If you think at that point in time, you can use it. If not, you can store it, mm -hmm. and then pull it out when you need it. Well, that's you know that's how usually I see professional development. You go in there with an open mind, see what's being offered, and how you can use that information in your study. Thank you. That's, that's really helpful. I think building that teacher toolkit is huge. Do we have one more perspective yes. you want to get out there? Or two more? <laughs> I think it's important because it provides a space in which teachers, administrators, everyone can come together and share their ideas. Um, and it could be that time where you're sharing ideas and normally like during the rest of the day everyone's so busy like doing their own thing, but during that space and time you can catch up with one another as well. Um, not just with what you're talking about in the moment, but with other things that are going on throughout the day and how it relates to what you're learning. Yeah, I just want to highlight one key thing that you said that I know I often forget, but professional development with the team, like including administrators and kind of growing as a school, I think that's the most effective, but I think with the obligations people have, that often becomes kind of the toughest. Yeah, I'm thinking professional development, there are always new practices or best practices that should be at the forefront of conversations mm -hmm. because you do, as a professional, want to hear what best practices are and whatever new theory or, or practicums are happening in the world because education 
for like m- many other fields, there's advancement. Mm-hmm. There are things that are new, and professional development gives you the opportunity to learn all those things that are new and in a space with comrades, people who are in the trenches with you, who understand what's happening in classrooms and can see how they can benefit from whatever the new practices are or if it doesn't work or it just opens a conversation with like-minded people and I think that's, you know, the nature of good professional development or why we need it. Yeah, no, and I like how you all have touched on this collaboration, this um, getting access to new ideas, but one question that I want to have it or put out there is that not all professional developments are the same. So what kind of professional developments have been the most useful um, and why? And if you have a particular example of professional development where you were like, yes, that's something that I really got uh, something out of, please feel free to share that. I, I learn by doing, and I'm very visual. Um, and I don't really learn that well when people are lecturing to me. And I think, about, I think like as a teacher, we're taught not to lecture to the children. And then we get in these PDs, and they're lecturing to us. And it's like, somebody shoot me now. <laughs> After a while, I'm, I'm thinking about what I have to have for dinner tonight. I, want, I, I zone out because I cannot focus for that. And I'm a special ed teacher, so I think when I'm creating lessons, I'm thinking about how can I meet all these diverse learning styles and their interests. And so for me, you gotta, like, I gotta do it. Like, you've gotta show, I've gotta see it, and I've gotta do it, because that's how I learn. Mm. So those PDs where where I'm actually, you know, they just tell us something, but they show us how to do it, or like, we see a video, you know, about how to do it. Um, those are the ones that have been most effective for me. Okay. You know, where they're modeling what it is, what the expectation is of how we're supposed to go back to our classroom. And the other part of PD is the follow-up mm-hmm. that has been effective for me. You know, you talk about this thing one week and then we never revisit it again. <laughs> Though that that's not helpful. But if you if you teach me and then you come into my classroom, um, see me doing it, be able to give me feedback or show me how to do it in my classroom, those have been the most um, effective PDs for me. And I think this is going to get to our conversation a little bit later, but I just want to put one follow-up question there. PDs that have follow-up, what percentage of professional development do you have that actually has that follow-up? Very low percentage in my school. Yeah. I think, and that's only because I have a relationship with the person who actually did the professional development. Mm-hmm. I went to her and I asked her if she could come into my classroom and please show me what that would look like. And so she did. And then she followed up with me after that. How's it going? Did you try it? Yes, I did. And I even asked her, can you come in when I do this again? Mm -hmm. Because I really need you to give me your feedback. Like, how am I doing? What could I have done better? You know, that's reflective teaching, which we're supposed to be doing. And so it would help if you had PD that supported the things that they're telling you you need to be doing. These are best practices. Yeah, I mean, going back to your first point, learning is ongoing, but for some reason we think professional development can live in a day. Um, So I just want to give everyone else a chance to answer what have been the successful PDs that you've had and why have they been most successful for you? When I taught in middle school, the PD that we received at our school were really, really effective because they would go in, we would have a model classroom, and that teacher would learn 
the trade or the, the skills that we needed to learn. And we would rotate in her class and we would see what she did and then we would bring it back into our classroom and we would try to model it. Then we would have someone from the district would come in and see how we were doing. So we basically really did good sharing. We really went from classroom to classroom. As a teacher, as part of our professional day or professional um, time, and looked at another teacher's work and their best practices. Mm -hmm. And we didn't go in there with an eye to critique. We went in there with an eye of, oh, now I understand. Oh, I've been doing this, but I'm getting it wrong. Oh, I can see her hook, which I'm not getting. So that I found amazing. When I went into high school, nothing. I remember I, I've been teaching for 19 years. I remember when I was teaching middle school, the students had to read 25 books a year. Expectations, it was done. I teach science. It was done through the science, history, and English classes. No problem. Of course, kids complain, but the kids did it. I read books. The kids read books. We all read them together. I got to high school and I mentioned to a colleague, I said, oh, do, your, do the kids read 25 books a year? Do they journal every day? Like, I don't have time for that. I have 150 kids. We don't journal. And if we read 10 books, that's more than enough. I was just like taken aback. So the mindset from middle school, from the professional learning and in the environment that I was in, going to a high school was really mind-boggling. I could not believe that a seasoned professional was telling me that they didn't have time to have the kids or log 25 books in a year or follow up with the other teachers or the other subject areas to find out if they were doing any type of reading that can be equated to a book. Now that, um, I found that, and I still see that in high schools, because I go from high school to high school and it's quite, um, but I, I think I do want to maybe just push back, or not even push back, rephrase what you're saying, and wondering if it's as much the change from middle school to high school as it, in, as it is the way that professional development was run at your school in particular, because I think what you were talking about your middle school is what I would call live-action PD. Mm -hmm. actually seeing what you're supposed to do in practice as opposed to coming to a random room, sitting with adults, talking about what to do with kids. You actually see it in practice, and that's really rare. So I'm wondering if maybe it's less a difference between middle and high school and just that there was a really strong development system at that school you were at. I've been to four high schools, and it's been the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I see it as a, you know, teachers go into their room, and they teach their content. Yeah. And with Danielson's in, your principal comes in, this is what you need to do, okay. So they do, do the song and pony show and they do what they need to do because the principal is coming in or they're doing their informal thing. Okay, she did A, B, C, fantastic. And you walk out, come back, you get your evaluation. So you're not, there's some teachers that do get professional development and if they're young, and they want to enhance their learning because they're not quite sure, they put that into practice. You have a lot of seasoned professionals who have been teaching 
and I'm not going to say they don't care, but they know best. Mm -hmm. So they will continue to do what it is that they've been doing. And if the principal or the assistant principal walks in through the door thinking about the professional development that they offered, they want to see it. They'll see some of it, mm -hmm. maybe at that point, but most of the teachers in the past five years, all they do is, okay, that's what she wants when she comes in. This is what I'll do. Once she walks out, they don't care. They care about getting the kids to take the test and getting that effective or highly effective, and that is it. They don't think about anything else. Well, so you're moving into critiques, and I think that that's really valuable, but I want to just pause on that for a second because if there are other professional developments that people have attended that they felt have been really helpful, I think that might be um, really helpful for the conversation when we start to talk about critiques and what to do with professional development going forward. So are there other positive experiences we want to talk about? Um, well, from an ENL or ESL perspective, uh, having PDs that move through different content areas, like I went to one at my school that was based on math, and it came from a direction of problem solving and, and putting together this, this uh, object, and the different ways to, to get to the same point, and it's just the different ways of thinking about it, of approaching it, and coming together as a team to to put this together. So it wasn't so much um, solving a problem mathematically, it was more rationally, like how you- Critical thinking. Exactly, yeah. how you come about that way. And I learned a lot just with that, with the critical thinking, to bring it back to uh, my approach with teaching and how to get my own students to, to use those kinds of techniques, even with just like the language. Right. And, and from a counseling perspective, my best professional developments are the ones that involve stress relievers for children. So I'm yoga certified and to teach children yoga. And so for me, unfortunately, it's not PD so much mm -hmm. as going through a certification process that has to deal with breathing and teaching them because stress is the number one factor for students in schools. So just learning how to help them de-stress and recognize stress and then give them a skill set to use when they do feel stress. You know, that for me as a counselor, that's the, the biggest thing that I can offer my students is recognizing whatever it is that's going on or being able to walk them through whatever the process is, and teaching breathing exercises, because that's not just a school thing. It's a life thing, that's a human thing. These are skill sets that they'll take through. So I like going into those spaces, and when they have people who come to the school and do yoga and de-stressing with the staff, those are really my favorite PD, because everyone gets stressed. And it impacts what you're doing in your offices, it impacts what you're doing in your homes, it impacts what's happening in your classroom. So those really are like my favorite things. It's hands-on and it works and you could feel relief at the end. Like it's almost immediate <laughs> results and you know that can happen for children as well. And so for me, those are like my the most valuable, valuable PDs. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily hijack what you both have just said, but almost also what I'm hearing from that is PDs that take into account that not every teacher is restricted to like one content or one specific 
job, but that actually teachers are in all kinds of different classrooms. And so being able to get something that's adaptable for everyone is great. But then also, when we're teaching kids, it, no matter how much people want it to be, it's not just standards, it's not right. just literacy, it's not just numeracy, it's also people. And sometimes we have to learn how to best help people and help ourselves. Yeah, I think those are, those are really good points. I want to kind of put our next question together and ask, you know, when you think about your professional development, is it something that you really view as part of your classroom or is it separate? And if it's separate, what can be done to make it so that it's integrated? And if it is integrated, what makes it that way? I just wanted to sort of start off by saying that you know, PD is iterative because we're professionals. We're constantly thinking. We're reflective practitioners. So it's ongoing forever. And it's in, I mean, when it becomes intrinsic, mm -hmm. then it's just something you would do regardless of the venue. Mm -hmm. um, and I also wanted to just briefly segue to what both of these ladies said to put you have an application in that. Um, what what um, the counselor was saying about PD, that sort of, I think, echoes across the United States. I know there have been some documentaries that have shown yoga counselors and specialists going into the prisons and working in juvie's facilities to help kids learn how to de-stress. And that becomes something that's intrinsic for them, and that's really beneficial. And it's out of a school setting, but it's a, tra a training that builds them as a person, not just a professional. And then in terms of what you were speaking about, the silo problem in high schools, I think podcasts, you know, are very beneficial for helping people, you know, sort of gather around lots of points of academic access. But I also think sometimes if you can use the podcast, inspire the kids to be the models for the do, mm. then you take away the excuses mm -hmm. for the professionals who like to say, this is chemistry, that's my four and no more. And that's what we've endeavored to do. Um, I'm a big fan of disciplinary literacy, DL, and the chancellor endorses that. But that's easier said than done mm -hmm. to get people to look across. And what I had to end up doing, rather than pitching something in PD meetings, I had to do it in my classroom. Mm -hmm. I had to close the door and help the kids connect the trains of thought. And then when the kids' product came out with those manifestations of how those experiences connect, how you could use geography and social studies and look at a literacy map of Pakistan to understand the depth of what Malala was saying mm -hmm. about the challenge in terms of who the Taliban were, and then tie in the math to that, and all of those sorts of things. Then we had product that could persuade, gently, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, professionals who saw themselves as chemists, social scientists, right? But not necessarily as teaching kids mm -hmm. <laughs> how to maybe move their practice in a different direction or in a more inclusive direction. So I would just say that for me, you know, once you're open to having that intrinsically part of, be part of you, then you're freer to take off the labels of the mm -hmm. discipline, the labels or the masks. And it doesn't mean you, you invalidate the standards. Right. It's the contrary. You connect right. in ways that are more alive and more relevant. Yeah, and I think, I, I love two things about what you're saying. One is it's valuing teachers for what they do and saying that, you know, you're a teacher, you're capable, you're doing something really good make it work in your classroom and then bring other people in. Mm -hmm. And then ideally you'll have other teachers that do the same thing so that you can learn from them. So I love that idea because teachers often are the best resources. But two, I think it also, you kind of implicitly state that it takes time. 
to do this, and we have to, to invest in that. And so I don't know if that totally answers the question of how we integrate it, but it at least gives us a framework to do that, to say we have to be judicious with our time to make those work. I, I think those are excellent points. Uh, do we have other thoughts? I want to go back to the yoga and the self and just reflecting, I think we really need to take care of who we are. So when professional development is offered in a practice that we need to implement, we are safe within ourselves to accept that and willing to take the risk. Um, I think we get so caught up in ourselves and me as a teacher, and me in my course, and me on my grade, that I forget about the fact that it's not only me, it's them, but I need to like, be able to accept things. It's just, we protect ourselves, and we need to protect ourselves but by letting go, mm -hmm. and freeing ourselves from baggage, so that we're open for new things, and I think that's what I notice about teachers who are resistant, teachers who say, I know best. Yes, we know best, but we only know best because I think we wear blinders to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to take those blinders off to see what's around us, and then, I just think it's a nice side of relief. I mean, you're like, and yoga, I think yoga, just in, in, in meditation, offers that. So when you look at life openly, yeah. and it just makes all these stuff. Because I listen, you know, sometimes I get into, oh, here we go again. But then you listen, and I listen with, okay, that makes sense. I'll see, you know, what am I going to do with that? Mm -hmm. But then I've made a choice, but I made a choice openly, not you know, in a very sarcastic, negative way. It's always been in a positive way. Yeah, I think it's the vulnerability that we want students to bring to our own classrooms. Right. Absolutely. Um, other thoughts? So I, I, in addition to PDs, PDs are, are great, but the um, joining professional organizations that provide PDs, mm -hmm. so, like, I, I'm a member of Teachers Unite, and so there are a myriad of things that happens nice in a month. Period, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> in mm -hmm. a month that in will definitely have an impact on what I'm bringing back into my office or what I can say to my colleague to bring into their classrooms. And there are also those spaces where I do restorative practices. And there's so many organizations who have these PDs as well that are doing all of these things that you can bring back to your school, to your community. My thing is there has to be honesty in your conversations mm -hmm. around. So that's what I think that's the most important part. I mean, the other day we had a PD where a social service agency came in and we talked about feelings, but teachers seem to be so, they want kids to share feelings, and, but they don't want to do, right? So right. that's the struggle. Yeah. It's like, I, you can share with me, but I can't share with you, and there, it, where, where is the humanity in it? So I enjoy PDs that show humanity. Well, because I'm a counselor, and so because 
relationships are really important to me. But I think relationships are very important in that in this profession. Without healthy relationships, you're not getting anything but a day to day repeat of sometimes insanity, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be connections and PDs that give you space to honestly create connections with children, I think are most beneficial in this particular profession. Yes, you know, you can, Danielson and everything else, those things are important, but at the core of being a teacher and educator is the relationship that you create with other professionals and children. And that's where children are learning from. It's not, because they're learning from you as well. They're learning from everything they can. They're sponges. And they don't stop learning, just like we don't stop learning. So regardless of what it is we're teaching, negativity, negativity, positivity, whatever it is, they're interpreting that. They're getting that. And then you see the output. And then sometimes you're shocked. Oh, where did you learn this? Sometimes we're bringing that in our conversations with them. Because we're bringing a lot of stuff and they're bringing a lot of stuff and it's a pot of stuff and we need to pick out the pieces that, you know, are healthy. And just for viewers, not viewers, but listeners that are hearing that and say that sounds too rosy, I just want to remind everyone that you teach middle school, which is like, or not teach middle school, but counsel at a middle school, which is like the (laughs) hardest place in the world. So if there's hope there, there's hope everywhere. Um, Other thoughts before we close this out? I was thinking about the question as far as whether uh, we feel that PEs are integrated Mm -hmm. in the classroom or separate. And I feel that sometimes it can seem separate only in the way of um, the PEs that I've attended where it's a mix of all the grades. Mm -hmm. It's a mix of both general education and special education. And um, there have been those times where the, the method, um, the approach that's been presented um, have left uh, some of us wondering, how am I going to implement this with the population that I work with? Like, it's not always one size fits all. And when those questions get brought up, they tend to get dodged. And so, <laughs> so we're kind of left like on our own, like figure out how, how can I make this work? So I just want to ask one follow-up question to that. So would it be more helpful, do you think, to have a follow-up session where you have people that are ingrained or, or used to working with that population to then talk about that method with you? Or is it okay if you have the space within the professional development to think about how you would adapt that to the populations that you're working with? Because as someone that likes to think about this with running professional development, I think that's an important distinction to make. I think if it's not possible for the person to to have that within the the information or the presentation that they have to... um, create that that follow-up session to focus on on those areas instead of just leaving it hanging so not just follow up but specialized yeah yeah and it would be helpful for all because it's the kind of thing where those populations are not they're not isolated in separate they're all over the school so 
it would really be helpful for everyone to know. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. I think I think when you have PDs that do address, like Teachers Unite, when they have PDs, they will have elementary school people get together and mm. discuss issues that happen with elementary, middle schools get together, high schools, so that it does, you do address, because these different age groups do have particular things that need to be addressed developmentally in the context, right, of school or in the conversation. So yes, they do, it's usually a really productive PD when you add that part of, of getting to a specific group or a specific group of, of children or people or whatever the issues are because you do get answers from the other people in that conversation that you have those things in common that only makes sense. So that's usually the piece that's missing from most PDs that other organizations are implementing that works. And I only know that because I've actually been in spaces where they do it and it works. I think if like we want to we want to encourage our kids to be lifelong learners. And the way that I look at PD is that that that's my lifelong learning. And but for me it has to really be meaningful to me. So I do do a lot of like web you know, <laughs> web PD, I'll go searching my own yeah. PD because I find that what I get, what's mandated and given to us on those Mondays that we have to have PD <laughs> is not really for me. Right. So, so just that more differentiated and really tailored to your specific, not just maybe needs, but also wants, like what you want to learn and where you want to grow. Exactly. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well... We're essentially out of time, so I want to thank you so much for being here because for someone who does professional development, it's great to get this kind of open feedback to think about how we can progress in the professional development that we offer. So thank you for being here, and to all you listening, make sure to tune in next week, and bye. 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 Bye.